Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. So I just got home from a super fun weekend in the mountains with my friends. Um, I went up with a bunch of other couples um, and all of their kids, and we stayed in like a timeshare situation where we had three, basically like three little two-bedroom apartments, um, like kind of all in a little pod area. So we were together but separate. Um, and we played in the snow and it was so much fun. Um, but I'm constantly reminded that like, I like to go to the snow for 48 hours tops <laughs> and then I'm immediately like, okay, get me home. Um, it was cute. Got a lot of fun photos out of it, but ultimately I like the heat. So, um, yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay put. But okay, so speaking of snow, we've got to talk about this Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale. Um, honestly, I feel like I don't even want to talk about it because it was such a bad finale, but um, it's my job, so we got to talk about it. So Heather is throwing her Bad Mormon book cover release party, not to be confused with an actual book release party. So my guess is she wasn't done with her book yet, but she needed an opportunity to promote it one last time before the season wrapped. So here's the cover art. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you could have just posted it on Instagram. Lisa tells Heather that her black eye looks so much better, but Heather still isn't telling anyone what happened. Lisa nails it in her confessional. If Heather doesn't want anyone to talk about it, she needs to just say what happened. It's all one big game to Heather. Angie Kay is also frustrated with the ambiguity surrounding Heather's eye, because apparently Jen is going around telling other people that Angie did it. But that's insane, according to Angie. It was just Heather and Jen doing Barbie scissor kicks, which led to Heather getting hit in the eye. I mean, people can definitely get injured during sexy time, but the whole Barbie scissor kicks thing makes me think that Angie doesn't know how lesbians work, like, at all. I mean, neither do I, to be fair, but I don't think women are actually doing Barbie scissor kicks with each other. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Someone DM me and tell me if you are at home scissoring your partner every night, but uh, I highly doubt it. <laughs> so Angie H. and her elf husband apologize to Jen and Coach, although Elfman can barely make it through a word without bursting into tears. Like, he's such a little bitch. Then the choir starts, and it's not good. Not good at all. And I'm very, very curious if this choir has met one time to rehearse since filming wrapped. Like, no is my guess. It's also my hope. Whitney tries to talk to Jen to clear the air about their last trip, but Jen didn't even realize that they had issues. I, I, I think that speaks volumes to where Jen's at if she doesn't even realize that she's feuding with people. Before anyone knows it, the whole gang has gathered around, and Angie Kay is happy to join in the mess. She is pissed that Jen was spreading rumors about her, and now she doesn't even know if the things that Jen had been telling her about the other women were real. So she asks Jen and Coach, those things that Jen said led her to her attempted suicide, like, were they even real? Well, we all know how Jen loves to be questioned. So that's it for her. She says, so long, farewell to the party, and she and Coach head out. The show then jumps three months ahead like it's trying to be One Tree Hill or something. Jen is talking to her mom days before her trial and her conviction, and her mom makes this comment, We know you'll be innocent, right? <laughs> Jen heads off to New York for her trial with Meredith and Heather in tow. It really is so weird that these women ride so hard for Jen that they're willing to literally go with her to her trial. And then Jen pleads guilty. Like, it's so embarrassing for Meredith and Heather, honestly. If I were them, I would be so pissed humiliated and pissed. 
Jen had to have known, even before flying out to New York, that she would be entering a plea of guilty. She had to. She played those other girls. I mean, and her victims. They have a right to be really pissed, too. So, we all know how this plays out. Jen pleads guilty and eventually is sentenced to 6.5 years in prison. And for more on that, make sure you listen to my episode from last week featuring Lauren from the Allegedly Bravo podcast, because she was actually in the courtroom when Jen was sentenced. So, the episode and the season wrap up with Lisa and Heather meeting to discuss Jen's Lil Sitch, and it just felt like the weirdest way to end a season. It, it, like, really was so weird. Like, the episode just ended in the middle of a conversation. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Cinnamon are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plump, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Cinnamon, you'll enjoy all the benefits Cinnamon has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit cinnamon.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at cinnamon.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Cinnamon definitely helps. Okay, let's talk about last night's Real Housewives of Potomac. Sharice and Karen are fighting over... Who knows what, honestly. Karen's defending her dead mom, but as much as I love Kern, I am so confused how all of this came about. Karen says that she questions how genuine Sharice was when she came to the funeral five years ago when Karen's mom died. She felt like when Sharice brought it up on camera a couple years later, it made the whole thing feel phony or opportunistic. Robin then accuses Karen of lying all this time by constantly saying that she and Sharice just grew apart, but as Karen says, this was the reason why they grew apart. But neither of the green-eyed bandits are buying it, with Giselle chiming in that it seems to her like Charisse was being a friend, and Karen should just say thank you. Karen says Charisse is known in the community for dragging people, and Charisse says that Karen was in rehab and is dating a married man. This basically wraps up the meal, because who wants to stay and order a flan after all this mess? And some of the ladies head back to their rooms, and some head to the hotel bar to party. Mia and Jacqueline try to hash out their situation, but Mia doesn't want to hear anything from Jacqueline. Like, it seems to me like Mia's having the bring-your-bestie-on-reality-TV version of buyer's remorse. Or maybe she only wants Jacqueline around to be her mouthpiece, and God forbid she have any opinion or storyline of her own. Methinks Mia doesn't like to share the spotlight. She only likes to share her husband. Allegedly. 
Candace, who looks fabulous in this big black and white hat, sits down with Kern to see how she is after the previous night's dinner and a show, and they try to figure out how Karen and Charisse can move forward. Karen says she can be cordial for their mutual friends. Later on, though, Charisse will tell us that she doesn't even think Karen has friends or can be a friend. She then tells us about how Karen sent a lame one-line condolence text when her father died, but Karen made sure to post the screenshot receipts on the gram after the episode aired, and it was definitely more than a one-line text. Meanwhile, Ashley's on the beach spread eagle teaching the other ladies how to breathe out of their vaginas or something like that. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the female body is a wondrous thing. Robin reveals to the ladies that she and Juan have in fact decided on a wedding date, but no one knows what it is because no one will be invited because there actually will not probably be a wedding. <laughs> Moving on. At lunch, Ashley tells Candace that she brought her Sesame Street puppet friend to Karen's show to confront Candace because she would want to speak to someone face to face if she were in that position where someone was talking about her husband, which, let's be real, is a position that she has been in many times. <laughs> Candace tells Ashley that she's reading the situations based on her own shit from her relationship with Michael, and that's coloring how she's seeing the Chris situation. Candace, because she trusts her man, doesn't need a face to face with Sesame Street. She's good. Ashley admits that she's probably harboring some resentment towards Candace because of how Candace treated Ashley after her miscarriage. Fair. Candace can be a huge bitch. In fact, bitch mode is her go-to mode. The two agree, with Dr. Wendy's help, to let it all stay in the past and the two can move on. For now, at least. This is the Housewives, after all. Robin, still trying to convince people that this wedding of hers is happening, tells her friends that she and Juan have decided to get married at her brother's wedding. Makes sense, right? No didn't think so. But for real, the tackiness knows no bounds with the green-eyed bandits. This is just ludicrous. And to continue the ludicrousy, ludocracy? Is that a word? Ludicrousness? To continue on with all the bullshit, Giselle starts saying that she feels horrible for how Charisse was treated the night before and how her character was assassinated. Now, this is the same Charisse that was trying to expose Karen's medical history and call her a cheater. But sure, her character was under attack. Like, Karen called Charisse a family destroyer. Charisse's response? Accuse Karen of cheating on her husband to try and destroy her family. I mean, Kern ain't wrong. So Giselle then says that if there's a true queen of Potomac, it is obviously Charisse. So again, this woman is delusional. Someone get her some help. Send her to the same head doctor that Heather Gay is gonna go see for all of her memory loss issues. Like, they both are clearly bleeding from the brain. The conversation then becomes a competition about grief, like who has lost more family members or who has showed more compassion. Honestly, it's all a little gross. None of that has to do with any of it, which is really that this is a fight between two women who both want to be queen. They both have supporters. The Green-Eyed Bandits are just really vocal supporters of Charisse. Now, I'm gonna need Wendy or Candace or someone to chime in right about now and give Kern a little do-do-do-do-do-do or something, you know? Like, the queen has arrived, just help a girl out. Robin goes on and on about how mean Karen has been to Charisse because she doesn't want her around, but like, do you guys not remember the first handful of episodes when Karen just kind of avoided Charisse or said hi and just like moved it right along? Like, how is that mean? To me, it seems like these women knew Karen doesn't like Charisse, so they brought her around hoping to get a reaction out of Karen, and when they didn't get one, they pushed. Karen apologizes to the group, but not to Charisse specifically, which is quickly called out by Robin. This is all, however, quickly called out by Candace, who points out that none of these ladies had an issue when Mia apologized to the group for her antics with Wendy, but didn't apologize to Wendy herself. Well, that's because I'm not sorry, Mia says. Well, I can at least appreciate the honesty. 
Mia and Wendy then go at it, and Mia tries to paint Wendy as a homophobe for her comments about Mia and G sleeping with other women and men, but that is not how it landed at all. Like, it was simply about the fact that Mia and G are freaky-deaky, and Wendy doesn't play like that. Like, let's stop weaponizing homosexuality on these shows, okay? Like, honestly, if we gays can't even find peace watching The Real Housewives, what do we have? Okay guys, that's it for today. I know it was a quick one, but it's a holiday weekend. I was on vacation, so, you know, you're gonna take what I, I give you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please, as always, follow on social media so you never miss any of my hilarious content and opinions. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And please, go give me a five-star rating or review. Um, you know, it really means a lot when I know that people are out there listening and enjoying and not despising everything that I say. Um, but there are plenty of those people too. So love you all. Until next time. Bye.